2: A weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
3: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include North Korea is doing more missile testing and the New Jersey Supreme Court rules on stop and search guidelines. Here's your National News Recap for the week of January 23rd. NBC News is reporting Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring. The liberal justice was nominated by President Bill Clinton and has been on the court since 1994. Breyer has been under increasing pressure to retire from progressives who feared a possible future Republican president would appoint a conservative to the high court. President Biden is confirming he will nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. During the retirement announcement of Breyer, Biden said he's sticking to his campaign promise and will pick a historical nominee by late February. One choice that's getting early buzz is Judge Kintaji Brown-Jackson. She's a former Breyer clerk who serves on the D.C. Circuit of Court Appeals. An NYPD officer who was critically injured in a shooting last week is now dead. Officer Wilbert Mora passed away Thursday from wounds he suffered when a gunman opened fire on Mora and other officers during a domestic violence call in Harlem. The police commissioner says Mora, a three-time hero for choosing life of service, sacrificing his life, and being an organ donor. Rookie officer Jason Rivera was also killed in the shooting. Rivera's wake and funeral was held at St. Patrick's Cathedral Thursday and Friday. New York state mask mandate is back in effect. A judge granted a stay in the case while the appeal is litigated. The state appeal at court held a hearing on the matter Thursday afternoon after a state Supreme Court judge overturned an indoor mask mandate. Governor Hochul said she still supports the wearing of masks. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is accusing President Biden of not caring about drugs and human trafficking. The Republican governor told reporters the White House is letting fentanyl and people come into the U.S. through Mexico. Abbott suggests Biden is fine with the smuggling because he cares more about his woke agenda. The governor says Texas will enforce U.S. law on the border by capturing drug cartels and smugglers and building a wall on the border. An Iowa man is facing charges in a shooting that resulted in a man's death this week. Police say 24-year-old John Peake is accused of shooting 21-year-old Eli Reed Tuesday night at an Ankeny apartment. Reed died at the hospital. Peake faces involuntary manslaughter and weapons charges. Bond is being denied for the man suspected of killing a Southeast Texas constable's corporal. A Harris County judge made the ruling on Oscar Rosales late Wednesday night during a hearing. Rosales was returned to Texas from Mexico, where he was captured Wednesday. Prosecutors say he opened fire on Precinct 5 constable's Corporal Charles Galloway during a traffic stop earlier this week. Two of Rosales' relatives are also facing charges. Over 15 suspicious fires are under investigation in Tacoma. Firefighters responded to 13 fires Tuesday night and three more fires Wednesday night. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives has joined the investigation. No one has been injured by the fires. An Ohio woman is pleading guilty after setting her husband on fire during an argument last May. Prosecutors say 36-year-old Tiffany Hall agreed to plead guilty and will be sentenced on January 31st. Hall was arguing about using a phone with her 62-year-old husband at their home in Colebrook Township when she threw a bucket of gasoline on him and set him on fire. Hall allegedly also stole a vehicle and fled the scene before police detained her. Her husband survived the assault and was treated in the burn unit at Akron Children's Hospital. A climber on Mount Hood was rescued after falling into a volcanic vent. George Stevens from Idaho was climbing the Oregon Mountain with two friends. They summited late on Tuesday and he attempted to snowboard down from the Hog's Back Snow Ridge. He lost control in icy conditions and fell into the vent that has toxic gases. One rescuer wearing a respirator and gas monitors was lowered to Stevens and he was hoisted to the surface. He was taken to the Timberline Lodge with serious injuries and an ambulance took him to the hospital. This was the third rescue in five days on the mountain. Texas's largest law enforcement organization is identifying the robbery suspect in the shooting of three Houston police officers. Cleet tweeted Thursday afternoon Roland Caballero was holed up inside a residence in southeast Houston. The group also claimed he had a gunshot wound to the neck. He, along with the officers, were wounded early Thursday in a shootout at the end of a chase. The officers are hospitalized in stable condition. Too many classified government files are hurting national security. That's according to the U.S. Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines, who sent a letter to Congress saying it tears down the trust American citizens have in their government. She said, in addition, it gets in the way of the intelligence community's job to effectively support senior policymaker decision-making. Haines said the issue isn't going away as more government secrets continue to increase in a digital-first environment. Elon Musk's SpaceX is planning for one launch per week this year in what would be an orbital launch record. Panel member Sandra Magnus said in a meeting of key NASA Oversight Committee that the private company is planning an ambitious 52 launch manifest for 2022. SpaceX completed 31 launches last year to beat the previous record of 26. As a whole, the company was responsible for roughly a fifth of all successful orbital rocket launches last year. They are keeping pace so far with three successful Falcon 9 launches this month, with another two expected before the end of January. I'm Allie Bruce and that was your national news. I'm Victoria
4: Baker with your international news. South Korea says their northern neighbors may have conducted another missile test that according to the Joint Chiefs of Staff, if confirmed, it would be the sixth missile test North Korea has conducted this month. The country's state-run news agency also reports that the country is considering restarting all temporarily suspended activities as it bolsters its defense against the U.S. North Korea reportedly conducted other tests on January 5th, 11th, 14th, and 17th with their most recent test before Wednesday coming on Monday. UK police have confirmed they will investigate a series of alleged parties held in Number 10 Downing Street during COVID-19 lockdowns, From London-Beijing Hyper reports on the latest blow to Prime Minister Boris Johnson.
1: Metropolitan Police Commissioner Dame Cressida-Dick referring there to about a dozen gatherings during lockdown, which, if not considered necessary for work, as the government claims, would have been deemed against the rules. The police force had previously suggested it wouldn't look retrospectively into what it calls these many potential breaches, but as a result of information provided by an inquiry, it's been forced to act. Benji Hire, London.
4: The year's first Grand Slam continues at the Australian Open. On the men's side, fourth seeding Stefano Sissipias moved into the semifinals with three-set win. Number seven, Matteo Borelli emerged victorious from a five-set thriller and set up a semifinal battle with Rafael Nandel. And the women's side, Danielle Collins, became the second American woman to reach the semifinals. Julian Askanen is receiving permission to appeal the UK Supreme Court regarding his extraction to the US federal prosecutors are looking to forcefully move Assange to America on charges of violating the Espionage Act, the first time US prosecutors are targeting the publisher of the classified information. The Justice Department's told British courts that Assange would be able to be put on trial despite issues with his mental health that had previously been a barrier. Russia and Ukraine officials are talking as tension between the countries grow. Mark Mayfield reports.
1: Bloomberg reports a Kremlin official told reporters that representatives from the two countries will meet again in two weeks. Officials from Germany and France were also in on the meeting on Wednesday. The spokesperson said the discussions lasted eight hours and were not easy. However, Ukraine's presidential chief of staff said the talks were a small step forward. I'm Mark Mayfield.
4: As the Omicron variant grips the world, the CDC is adding over a dozen countries to its high-risk travel categories. Among these countries, added over COVID-19 concerns are Caribbean islands, destinations like Dominican Republic and Jamaica. In Europe, Romania now joins big names like France, Germany, Italy, and the UK on the CDC's Level 4 list. British police have two men in custody connected to the terror attack on a Texas synagogue. They were both taken into custody in the northern English city of Manchester. No words yet on how they are connected to Malik Vizcalikarm, who held four people hostage in Congregation Beth Israel near Dallas. British police have previously questioned two teenagers in Manchester, but they have since been released without charge. The Kremlin is brushing off President Biden's threat of imposing sanctions on Vladimir Putin if Russia invades Ukraine. Putin's spokesman said Wednesday that any such sanctions would not be painful because Russian senior leader did not hold overseas bank accounts or assets. Biden made the threat Tuesday while talking to reporters and said that 100,000 or so Russian troops near Ukraine's border were to invade the country. It would be the largest invasion since World War II. The White House has warned the russia the White House ha, the White House has warned that Russia would face unprecedented sanctions if it invades Ukraine. That was your international news I'm Victoria Baker
2: and now it's time for local news with me Sam Whalen. Atlantic City, New Jersey will take over the Atlantic City skate zone in a recent statement Mayor Marty Small jr. explained the facility is currently operated by Comcast. But that agreement is set to expire on April 14th. Small says the land will revert to the city, which will continue operating the space as an ice rink through April 2023. He adds the building is desperately in need of repairs, which will be made under the city's control. Hundreds attended a recent candlelight vigil outside of La Scala in Baltimore's Little Italy neighborhood. They gathered to remember the restaurant's longtime general manager, Chelsea Patterson, who was murdered. La Scala owner Nino Germano says the restaurant will never be the same. The 44-year-old Patterson was shot in the early morning in the 1700 block of Eastern Avenue as he was on his way home from work. Patterson, who was known as Chesco, worked at La Scala for 17 years and was remembered as a good person who was loved by all. Police have not released any information on a suspect or a motive in the shooting. A Burlington County, New Jersey woman will serve 15 years in state prison for sexually assaulting a child at her home in Willingboro. Prosecutors announced the 26-year-old suspect's sentencing recently. She previously pled guilty to the sexual assault and endangering the welfare of a child. The investigation kicked off in January of 2021 when the victim's child contacted authorities, but it's not clear how the suspect knew the victim. From Jeff Goldman at Media for njcom A Scotch Plains, New Jersey man stabbed an 81-year-old man with whom he resides in the face and chest with an 8-inch kitchen knife, authorities said. The man was stabbed at a home on the 400 block of Hunter Avenue. He was brought to a local hospital to be treated for two stab wounds to the chest, one to the top of his shoulder, and a cut to the face. Fareed C. Bassam, 47, is charged with attempted murder, two counts of aggravated assault, and two weapons offenses, officials said. A police spokesman said the two men are not related, but didn't immediately provide additional information about the circumstances of the attack. Neither man is the owner of the home, according to the property records. Former Baltimore Mayor Catherine Pugh has been released from a federal prison in Alabama where she was serving time for tax fraud and tax evasion. She served two years of a three-year sentence behind bars and will finish the remainder at halfway house. Mayor Brandon Scott says the former mayor has served her time. Pew resigned amid the Healthy Holly Book scandal and pleaded guilty to federal charges in November of 2019. In 2020, she requested clemency from outgoing President Donald Trump, filing a petition to have her sentence commuted. She was not among the 143 people granted clemency. Authorities have made an arrest in connection to a C4 Delaware kidnapping. It stemming from an incident on New Year's Day. Police were finally able to track down a 38-year-old Darnell Stokes, and he was arrested recently. He faces several charges that include first-degree kidnapping and first-degree robbery. Hearts are heavy as the Philadelphia community mourns the loss of a teenager who was shot and killed in broad daylight. Authorities say a gunman opened fire on the 17-year-old boy recently on the 2300 block of South 66th Street. Men have the teen to the hospital where he was unable to fight through his injuries. He has been identified as Christopher Braxton and the shooting took place near Bartram High School where he was a senior. The investigation continues. From Suzette Parmley at Media for NJ.com, in a major decision hailed by civil rights advocates as another curb to racial profiling, the New Jersey Supreme Court ruled unanimously that police officers cannot stop a vehicle during an investigation based solely on a suspect's race and gender. The 6-0 decision nullified the results of what they deemed was an illegal car search by a Hamilton Township police sergeant moments after an armed robbery took place a decade ago. The court said the 911 dispatcher's description of two black males, one with a handgun, was too vague and did not constitute enough reasonable suspicion for police to pull over the vehicle with three black men inside, even though they would later plead guilty to the crime. The American Civil Liberties Union of New Jersey hailed the decision with a tweet immediately after the ruling came down, praising the state's decision. I'm Sam Whalen and that was your local news.
0: I'm Karai Bennett with the Roman News. U.S. News and World Reports today announced its 2022 tally of the best online programs, giving Roman University high marks for a wide range of offerings, including its online bachelor's degree, the Roar College of Business online MBA, and a non-MBA online graduate business degree, and the online Master's of Arts in Criminal Justice. The news magazine, which competes annual best of rankings for undergraduate and graduate programs alike, graded Rowan's online bachelor's program at 138, a 118-place jump over its 2021 ranking. Many of the most-watched annual rankings come out in the fall, including Forbes Study, which is recognized Rowan as among the fastest-growing universities in the country and ranked Rowan among the top colleges overall at 352, among the best public colleges at 165, among the nation's top research university at 206 and among the top schools in the northeast at 131 ranking Bacteria is rapidly evolving and is becoming more resistant to new drugs. Alarmingly that they can gain resistance to more than one drug. Some strands exist that are resistant to every antibiotic we now have. To target these so-called superbugs, Dr. Valerie Carabetta is leading a 1.8 million research project to find new ways to attack them. Generating a new drug is slow, Carabetta said, and there isn't enough research efforts dedicated to tackling this problem. Dr. Kara Bennett is working to understand these proteins in the bacteria and underlining mechanisms that control it. She also hopes to identify novel enzymes involved in regulating or controlling these processes and research that could lead to the development of the new class of antibiotics. Reporting for the Rowan News, I'm Kariah Bennett. That does
3: it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, political, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: Danny Orion with your news from around the Rowan University sports world. Contrary to past segments, we will be covering the Rowan University Swimming and Diving team and all of their accomplishments over the past week. This past Saturday, January 22nd, the Profs Men's Swimming and Diving Squad took home the hardware, winning their 18th NJAC title in program history after defeating TCNJ 167-133 in dominant fashion. The 19th-ranked profs finished with a 4-0 league mark to claim the crown as champions after not competing at all in the 2020 and 2021 season. Kevin Joluli paved the way for the profs as he won three individual events as well as another victory in the relay race. Joluli placed first in the 100-meter backstroke, 100-meter freestyle, and the 100-meter fly. Joining Jaluli in the process was Thomas Canbley, who claimed first place in the 1,000-meter freestyle and 200-meter backstroke. The profs will look to continue to ride their NJAC Men's Swimmer of the Week in Jaluli and NJAC Men's Swimming Rookie of the Week in Cambly to victory in their next meet on February 5th, home at Rowan University. All right, switching things over to Rowan University basketball. Both the men's and women's basketball teams traveled to Kane University this past Saturday for some afternoon doubleheader action. The men's team left the gymnasium with their 14th victory of the season after defeating their Cougar opponents 96-78. to The leading scorers in this one were presented in the form of Arian Azemi, Andrew Seeger, Marcellus Ross, and Hafiz Melvin, as Azemi and Seeger had 16 apiece, while Ross and Melvin also tied with 13. Seeger and Azemi nearly matched stat lines in this one, as the duo each put up their own double-double on the night via the points and rebound column. As for the women's basketball team, well, they didn't have quite as much luck against Kane, as they were defeated by just four points by a final score of 68-64. Despite having four profs reach double digits in this one, this loss would count against their record as the sixth of the season for the young squad. Grace Marshall led the way with just 15 points, while Savannah Holt was hot on her tail with 14 points off the bench in just 21 minutes. To put things into perspective, Grace Marshall played 35 minutes, and Savannah Holt came off the bench and nearly matched her point total. Along with Marshall, Dakota Adams accumulated a double-double of her own with 10 points and 13 rebounds. The men's team would look to ride their hot streak into Galloway, New Jersey, as they prepared to take on the Stockton Ospreys side-by-side with the women's team for more doubleheader action. Unfortunately, neither squad would have much luck on this Wednesday night of hoops, as both the men's and women's teams were defeated by slim margins. The men's team was edged by the Ospreys 96-91, despite a career-high 23 points from Hafiz Melvin in 29 minutes off of the bench. In similar fashion, the women's team was defeated by their Osprey counterparts 67-64 in the final seconds, despite a 17-point, 12-rebound double-double from the emerging Dakota Adams. This has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the Roan University sports world right here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
5: I'm Megan Steckler with your own report, Business Update. Elon Musk is prioritizing a Tesla robot over new car models. Musk announced Wednesday that Tesla has no plans to launch the highly anticipated Cybertruck this year. The company will instead focus on a human-like robot that could revolutionize the economy. Although, the Tesla bot may never come to fruition. The company introduced the idea with a human in a robot suit last August, and Musk warned it probably wouldn't work in real life. Here's a safety alert for anyone who drives a Nissan. Nearly 700,000 rogues are being recalled across the nation because of a wiring problem. Seems water can get into a connector under the dash, causing it to corrode and heat up. Officials say that could start a fire. At least seven have been reported so far, but no injuries. The recall affects 2014 to 2016 models of the SUV. Owners will be notified in March to schedule a repair. Another naval officer pleads guilty in a bribery scandal. Eddie McCoven reports
1: The U.S. Attorney's Office says Commander Steven Shedd admitted to sending Malaysian defense contractor Leonard Glenn Francis, a.k.a. Fat Leonard, classified ship schedules for the Navy's 7th Fleet. Commander Shed admitted to receiving, among other things, a pair of watches worth $250,000 for helping the contractor's company. He is the third member of the 7th Fleet to plead guilty to bribery charges of the nine who were indicted by a grand jury back in 2017. I'm Eddie McCoven, NBC News Radio.
5: The Federal Reserve says it could raise interest rates soon. When that happens, it would be the first time in three years. For now, the target range will stay between 0 and one-quarter percent. At the end of its two-day meeting, the Fed added inflation is well above 2%, which is the target rate. The Consumer Price Index rose 7% in December, and that's the highest it's been since 1982. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report.
6: And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Brandon Soros. Amy Schneider's historic Jeopardy! winning streak is coming to an end after 40 episodes. On Wednesday, Schneider was beaten by a librarian by 10 grand. This comes just days after she took the second spot on the show's all-time prize winnings list. She also is the most successful woman to ever compete the show. But Schneider won't be off the show for long as she's set to return for the next tournament of champions this fall. Disney is issuing a statement about its upcoming Snow White film after actor Peter Dinklage's criticism. On a podcast this week, the Emmy Award-winning actor pointed out how the live-action remake is supposed to be more inclusive with a Latina lead, but the film is still about seven dwarves living in a cave together. A spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter they are working with members of the dwarfism community to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film. They also noted Disney looks forward to sharing more as the film heads into production. The education program D.A.R.E. is speaking out against the TV show Euphoria. In a statement to TMZ, D.A.R.E. slammed the show, saying it chooses to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school student drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors. However, they aren't just criticizing the show. They instead want to help HBO make a change. Elton John is calling off his North Texas concerts after testing positive for COVID. The legendary musician announced the diagnosis with representatives saying he just has mild symptoms and is vaccinated and boosted. He was supposed to perform this week at the American Airlines Center in Dallas. However, those concerts will now be rescheduled. John has been doing his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour for the last few years, although the pandemic caused major delays. He performed in Houston last weekend, and John will take the stage again this weekend in Arkansas. Coldplay frontman Chris Martin is officially confirming that the band will stop making music in 2025. Fans thought he was joking when he made his initial statement to BCC. However, he doubled down on the news during a recent appearance on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. He says the band will continue touring, but will focus on their existing catalog after the release of three more albums. Martin also teased that the group will still pursue collaborations with other artists and a potential movie musical. The man who voiced Charlie Brown in the 1960s Peanuts cartoon is dead. Peter Robbins, who brought the iconic character to life in the holiday specials, A Charlie Brown Christmas, and It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, took his own life last week at age 65. His family confirmed his passing on Tuesday. He was nine years old when he first took the role in 1963, but he spent years battling mental illness and addiction. Disney is officially greenlighting a Percy Jackson series. On Tuesday, author Rick Riordan, who wrote the book series, announced Percy Jackson and the Olympians is coming to Disney+. Plus. He promised the series will be full of anticipation, humor, surprise, and mystery. There's no word when it will hit small screens. I'm Brandon Searles, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
3: And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.